Ready to go? New Year, I am so excited to be with you today. I genuinely mean that. If you're with us for the first time, we just, as Pastor Brian mentioned, just so, so glad that you're here. And we want more than anything else, and that is for all of us here to have a true encounter with a God who loves us. So um, today we're taking a little bit of a break. If you've been with us for uh, any length of time, you know that we're just making our way through the gospel of Luke, just chapter by chapter, verse by verse. We've been walking with Jesus down those dusty roads with people who have pain and heartache and issues and problems and joys and questions and all those things. And Jesus was right there in the midst of all of it. I love our God. I love God because God came down from heaven Spent three years here doing ministry with people that he loved dearly, had a passion for. And this is what I love about Jesus, is Jesus had vision. Jesus had purpose. He knew exactly why he was here. He knew exactly that you'd be here today. He knows everything about you. And here's, here's the most amazing thing that I still can't wrap my mind around, is that he loves us. He loves us. I, I want to say, just to kind of gather around uh, an Old Testament prophet, he was one of the minor prophets named Habakkuk. We're going to get there in just a second, but before that, I just wanted to pray and really ask God to release something powerful here today. You want to pray with me? Father God, we just thank you again for a privilege, privilege, it's always a privilege to be together with your people, Lord. And We just want to give you freedom, God, to move in this place. Inspire us, God. Teach us, Lord. And God, most of all, move us closer, God, to your heart. And thank you, God, that you never give up on us. Thank you that you are faithful. That, God, you are the one that can do imaginably more than we could ever even ask or imagine. God, we pray today as we set our heart on the vision that you've given us here at Missionville Christian that we just want to align ourselves with what you're doing, God. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, amen. Today we gather together as one. We just want to kind of gather together and just... I just kind of want you to imagine we're just all in my living room at home, and I just want to talk to all of us today as a family. Can we do that? I went to the eye doctor uh, about six months ago to readjust some, some uh, contacts that I've been, been wearing. And every time I go in there, um, one of the things that I like doing is they put your face in front of one of those um, mechanisms that they say, you, you look through the glasses and then they say, is this better? Is this better? Is this better? And they click, click, click. You know what I'm talking about, right? And all of a sudden it lands on the one that is absolutely so crystal clear. I'm like, I can see better than I've ever seen before. I want that to be for us today. I want you to be able to see what I believe God has given us together as a team, as a family for Jesus Christ here in the South County area. There were years ago, about 52 years ago, there were some people that literally stood on this dirt hill. This was a mound dirt hill. Geronimo was just a dirt road at the time. And there were some folks that saw something that no one else could see. They saw into the supernatural. And what they saw was a church here for the community of Mission Viejo at that time. And they saw people. Yes, they, they believed that God was wanting to build an establishment and a building and a complex and a property that we received from Mission Vale Company at that time. I, I wasn't here at that time, but the story that was told is that literally they stood on a hill, they prayed, and what they did is they committed to what they believed God was giving them in that generation. And here's what was fascinating to me about that is God gave them a vision that they could not see, but they believed that God was going to do it. And it was all about people. Then some years later, another pastor came by. There was one pastor, founding pastor by the name of Gene Barbie. Gene Barbie um, passed on the mantle to another man named Pastor Mac. Pastor Mac again saw the vision. And I remember working under him 
uh, as I was doing some internship, and he always saw people. He said, we've got to reach this community for Jesus Christ. He was always about whatever we can do to reach people so that they know that God loves them, that he has a plan and a purpose for their life. They can be saved. They can be in a real place called heaven that Jesus talks about over and over and over again. And so establishments were, were purpose for children's ministry. And during the week, we have something called Kids Club, and we still have that ministry that reaches out to after-school care children in a public school system. And we have now an elementary school and preschool with over 500 children. One of the reasons is we just believe in families we believe in children believe in everybody's valuable to god and whatever we can do to reach more people for jesus christ that's my heart that's our heart together that's god's heart it's always about people everyone is welcome into the kingdom of god we just come to him by faith and so god gave these these glimpses of a vision of purpose of direction that they could see into the supernatural could actually see something that god purposed for either a group or a person do you believe that i mean over and over again i see in scripture that god would give the prophet god would give someone or a group of people a clear vision of where god was taking the people over and over again in the old testament the nation of israel god never left them even through times where they completely got prideful they got off of alignment they were disobedient to God they forgot about the Lord they never said thank you all those things during that time God never left his people just like he does for us today now fast forward the timeline a little bit about 10 years ago and there was something that was just burning in my heart about we need something here at Mission Vale Christian that gives us a very clear distinctive. It gives us a clarity and able to see, God, what, what you want for Mission Vale Christian. It's not what I want. It's not my dream. It's what, God, what do you want? It's your church. We're your people. I'm just here as one of the under shepherds. But, God, we, we want direction. We want passion. We want vision. So we, we got away for a few days and we just tried to get really quiet with God. Because you know as well as I do, there's voices that are constantly bombarding us. Distractions that are trying to um, dissuade us and get us distracted off of what God would want for us personally. So we did that, we just got away. And there were things that were just, as we got quiet before the Lord, were starting to stir up within us. And one of those things was a clarity of vision is so important. It says in Proverbs 29, 18, where there is no vision, where there is no clarity, the people throw off restraint. They perish. It's like if we had a balloon and we let all the air out of the balloon and it just kind of wanders and goes everywhere. Unfortunately, if we don't have a clarity of vision, we're just kind of wandering. So, so when the Lord was really impressing on my heart, we were just in prayer and fasting and believing for God and going to the word and God, what are you saying for Mission Vale Christian? I've always had a heart along with our entire ministry team here for people that just don't know the Lord. I mean, if, if you know the Lord today and you're here, we love you. I love you. But I, I also, Lord, want to keep my eyes above also so we can see people that aren't here and don't know you. Does that make sense? So why don't people come to a place like this? There are people that drive by every single Sunday morning, Pastor Anamon Marguerite. And I wonder, as we're having these Holy Spirit gatherings, I mean, I love our worship. I love gathering with you and just worshiping. And God, what are you going to say today? But what are they thinking as they're passing by? I, I, I bet a lot of them, because I remember I was one of them. I'm not going to a place like that because that's for holy people. 
That's for people who have it together. Or I'm not going to that place because I've seen people like that, a few people who say one thing and do another. Are you with me? Or I'm not going to a place like that because I still got a lot of questions. And if I don't believe that whole book, that Bible, I certainly don't belong in a place like that. So all those things. And it might be just, you know, we're really busy in life. We got kids and soccer and Little League and we just got things to do and we just don't have time for that anymore. So what is it that was so attractive about Jesus that thousands of people would follow him? That it said in one point, do you remember as we were going through Luke, people literally were falling over each other trying to get to Jesus, trying to get to him. I think, number one, it was because Jesus was incredibly authentic. He was real. People loved him because he was down in the streets with people. He was in their homes. He was in the synagogues. Wherever the people were, that's where Jesus was. Jesus didn't wait in some high tower and say, everybody come to me. He went down to where we were. I think the second reason is because Jesus loved everybody, period. He did not say, hey, fix it up, clean it up, get your life together, and then come to me and I'll love you. He just says, I love you for free. It's an in-your-face love that'll never leave you. And I think the other reason is because Jesus had mission. He was missional. He had a vision. He had to get to the cross. If he does not go to the cross, we cannot be saved. We wouldn't be here. I know for my life, the track that I was on before I met the Lord, I wouldn't, I, I'm convinced I'd be dead by now. I was on just a self-destructing behavior. I, I, I don't think I'd even be here. But thank God Jesus went to the cross. Why? Because he had to? Because it was the right thing to do? Because he is madly in love with you. And so because we have now real love on mission, that is simply the vision God gave us. We can all remember that. That's easy. And the more I think about Jesus, there's no way I'm going to forget that. Real love on mission. I mean, I say it in my sleep. Real love on mission. Real love on mission. I'm walking down the hallway. Real love on mission. Walking my golden retriever down my, uh, in my neighborhood. Real love on mission. On the tennis court, hitting balls. Real love on mission. Real love on mission. Real love. Lord, how can we gather more people? How can you gather more people to know that, God, you love everyone and you want everyone in relationship? Listen, if you're a, a part of our family here, if you've said, you know what, we really feel like we've been called to MVCC. This is our church home. This is our church family. I, I, I want you to be... So sick of hearing this that, okay, I got it already. Real love on mission. Real love on mission. The question is, how are we going to fulfill that vision together? And most importantly, how can you fulfill that, which, what I believe God gave you in your area, in your life, together with others that you love? So our mission is fairly simple. Reaching people with the good news of Jesus Christ to make disciples who make disciples. It is so important for, I, I want us to understand today, as we're just in my living room, we're just talking. Yes, I want you to come to Jesus Christ. If you don't know the Lord today, I hope that maybe the needle just moves over a little bit more. You know what? I would like to get to know this God that you're telling me about that really loves me for free. I, I'd like to get to know him. We, I, I hope that that just moves over a little bit more. And then when you come to know him and experience the joy of knowing Jesus... That life takes on a whole new perspective. I want you to be so intent on following him. That you become a disciple, a learner, a student. Lifelong learner of following Jesus now. And we follow him together. That's why at MVCC it's not as, it's not as important that we just fill the seats. 
I mean, I would love for every seat to be taken here. And I know that we'll get there, but it's more even as important that we are making sure that we are following him. So here at Missionville Christian Church, there's a pathway of what we call discipleship because that's what Jesus told us to do in Matthew 28. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything, everything I have commanded you in this word. And surely I'll be with you always to the end of the age. Making disciples who make disciples. We want you to grab onto the church. We want you to grab onto the vision, for you to grab onto the ministry. Our job, our role as pastors is to help equip you with what God's already given you to do what God has called you to do to fulfill the mission of real love on mission, reaching every people that we po- every person we possibly can with the good news of Jesus Christ. I have a heart for my neighbors down the street. I have a heart for Matt and Shannon. I have a an ache in my heart for a guy named James that I want so much for him to know God. I have a heart for families in trouble in South County. We, together at Missionville Christian, I know that you share the heart with me about disenfranchised people that are just disconnected. I have a real heart for people who are skeptical, who have honest questions and say, I'm not sure I really believe there's a God. I'm not really sure that God really loves me. I'm not sure that I believe that Bible. Are you telling me there was a guy named Noah who in the middle of that year that God told him to build this big, huge ark about the size of the Queen Mary and there was a great flood that came and came and came and you're telling me that that's how God... Yes, I don't know if I believe that. Good. I'm so glad you're here because that's the greatest place to bring your questions is to God. I, I ha- we have a heart here for Michelle Christian for young adults who are trying to figure out life. And just in, back in the 60s, I wasn't alive during that time, but back in the 60s, they had this hippie movement, right? And everyone was like, all those hippies, all they're doing is smoking pot and barefoot, and they don't have a job, and all they do is sit on the beach and play music. They don't have any vision direction for their life. And I'm told that there was a lot of looking down on that generation. And I would say in the millennials and Gen Z that there's some of that going on in society here today. Well, here at Missionville Christian, if you're a young adult, we don't think that about you. If you're trying to figure things out, we want to help you to figure it out your way to follow Jesus Christ. We have a heart here for people who are addicted to all kinds of things, drugs, alcohol, all kinds of riotous living, whatever it is. We have a heart for a young girl who's literally cutting herself because she thinks she's not worthy and doesn't belong in a place that God has already purposed for her to be. We have a heart for young moms who are struggling, who are trying their best. We have a heart for the forgotten child who goes home every day after school and sits in front of the video games and feels like nobody cares about him or her. We have a heart for foster children who don't have a place to call home. We have a heart for the orphans who don't have a mother and a father and just keep moving from orphanage to orphanage. Basically, we have a heart for the lost, the last, and the least here at Missionville Christian. And we want you to be a part of that. So it's so on my heart that, that we have people who speak Spanish, that they have a place to call home here, who feel disenfranchised because they've left their country and they've come to a place called America And they want a place to call home. We have a heart for those. We have a heart for people who speak Japanese. That's why we have a Spanish service, Japanese service. We have a um, Middle Eastern, Farsi-speaking service for people who are coming from Muslim faith and trying to figure out who is this God who loves me, that Jesus is more than a prophet. He's the son of God. And they got questions about that. And there's a place here on Sunday mornings for those who have come from that background to find Jesus Christ in their life. We have a place for people who come from Russia, 
We have a Russian-speaking service here in the evenings. And we, we, we say all that to say that we are family. My, my heart is that no matter what skin color, no matter what language we come from, no matter what economic status we are, it doesn't matter if we're CEO or corporate owners or we're homeless. God loves everyone equally, and he wants everyone to understand and know that he is a loving God and wants relationship with everyone. This vision, real love on mission, is for everyone, and I truly believe that. If you turn in your Bibles in Habakkuk chapter 2, we're going to pick up kind of right in the middle of what was going on in Israel's day. And the reason that I bring this up is this is so, I believe, crystal clear for us today. And then I want to give you some some helpful help on on what is God saying about vision and my own life and here at MVCC. Because I tell you what, I, I want to clamp onto that vision more than we've ever done before. 2023, I believe, is going to be a better year. We've come out of this, the, 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 the COVID pandemic 2022 with, I believe, God is doing amazing things and did last year. I believe there's even greater things that God wants to do in 2023. 2,600 years ago, that's a long time ago. There was a guy named Habakkuk who God loved him dearly and saw something in him. And here's what I believe he saw in a guy named Habakkuk is he saw humility. He saw someone that he could use. He he saw someone that didn't have all the answers. He saw someone with a passionate heart and had a lot of questions and wasn't afraid to bring those questions to God. The reason that I say that is because we're going to pick it up here in the second chapter where he's having this conversation with God And he really just kind of lays it out there. Can I just tell you from the get-go, I think the greatest prayer is, God, help! I think the longer that we know the Lord, we think we got to have it all together and have these real fast prayers with all these big language and all this, you know, God's gobbledygook, whatever you want to call it. And God is looking for someone to say, God, I cannot do this without you. I need you, God. If, God, your vision is going to become reality among your nation, God, I, I want you to do this. There's, there's nothing wrong with passionately bringing it before the Lord. There are some moments in frustration that I have gone to the four corners of my property and anointed the four corners with oil and say, God, unless you do something, God, we're dead. We need you, God. I am crying out to you. I thank you for doctors. I thank you for hospitals. I thank you that we have the best medicine known to mankind in the greatest country, United States of America. But God, sometimes we need more than that. We need you. And I need you, God, in the situation right now. That's where Habakkuk was. That's where he was. The people of Israel, God's chosen people. He loved Israel. He loved the Jewish nation. He purposed, he had a vision for them that they would stay true to his word, that they would stay true to his rules, that they would stay true to his love. And through all that, Jesus would be born on the timeline right here. And then 33 years later, he would die on a cross. Three days later, he would rise again. And here we are in 2023. That was God's vision. And Israel, as we know, did not always follow the vision. That's why he brought these men like Habakkuk, women like Esther. He brought them on the scene to bring the people back to alignment. Are we together on that? Let's read the text here in chapter 2. I will climb up, Habakkuk saying, up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my, do you see this? Complaint. I just want you to see here, you don't always have to have all the answers. It's okay. 
you can complain to God about what you're frustrated about. How else are we going to see God move unless we tell him, God, I absolutely need you here in this moment. I'm not saying, God, you have to do it the way I'm asking you to do it, but God, I just need you. I need more of you. I need an answer in this situation. I need direction. I need. Pro- That's what he's saying. I'm going to go up way up on the mountain because I got to hear from you, God. I want to be away from all the distractions. Are, are you with me in this? Let's go on to verse 2. Then the Lord said to me, write down my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. The vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently. I just... This is a word for somebody. Somebody needs this today. I don't know if, if it's the, not the re- all of you. It's certainly for me because I'm not patient. I don't like waiting at the red light. I don't like. St- I want to roll through the stop sign. I want to get to the next appointment. I don't like being patient. I don't like waiting on doctor's visits and what they're going to say and MRI. I don't like to wait for all that. God, I got a problem. I need you to fix it now, God. God, forgive me for my just... Ah, okay, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed on God's timing, right? Look at the proud. They trust in themselves and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. This word is so good. Habakkuk is so good for us today. This is where we live, isn't it? There are four things that I see. What Habakkuk needed, he had to see the vision. Two, he had to make it. God wanted him to make it known. He had to make it plain. He had to write it down. I'm kind of a simple person. You know, I, I, can, I don't consider myself like highly intellectual. I'm just, sometimes I just feel like I'm dumb. But God, just give it to me plainly so I can get it and give it to others. You ever feel that way? God, just give me clearly what you want. And those four things are so simple to me. And that's where Habakkuk was. When we draw near to God, we will hear God. Lower the noise to hear his voice. It's amazing to me how sometimes God needs to make me lie down in green pastures among the still waters the living water, not just to hear him, but to experience him and hear from him. Without vision, the people will perish, throw off restraint. So vision this morning to MVCC, I want to break this down for us out of what I believe God gave Habakkuk. I, I hope this is helpful for you. Inside the seat back in front of you, there's, there's a, a note-taking thing for you. And I just, I want you to see vision, V-I-S-V-I-O, and real quick, and what I believe God is giving us at MVCC. Now, before we get into this, which I'm so stoked about, because I believe God is bringing us through what he wants, and, and 2023 is gonna be a great year. But here, here's what I wanna ask you to do. I want you to think about your family as we're going through this. I want you to think about your life. I want you to think about if you're a business owner, I want you to think about this. If you work for a company, if you have friendships, if you're on the, some athletic, if you're helping out with maybe uh, soccer and, and, and Little League with your kids or grandkids, wherever 
you might be in the season of life, I just want you to think about how, how can this fit into what we're doing here, what we believe God has given us here at MVCC, but I also want you to really personalize this. When my wife and I got married and we decided 10 years later we were going to have kids, we wrote down a vision for our family that we believe God was giving us. God, what's the purpose of the Myola family? And so we wrote down, we prayed and talked, and we wrote down, this is the vision we believe God's given us, you, Lord, for our family for the rest of the days that we're going to be here on earth. So let's start with number one, letter V starts with the word visualize. I saw something in the spirit about 12 years ago. It was a flash. It was while I was preaching here on a Sunday morning and I saw something, you know, like a lightning, like a flash. It just appears and then it disappears. I saw something as I was preaching and what I saw was this. Could we put it up here for just a quick moment? I saw the outside of the grass area and this is what I saw. You know our heart here is we're praying, we're asking God for a revival. And what a revival is, is where we as the people of God meet Jesus all over again where we get repurposed, we get realigned with who he is. And with that, the outpouring of a biblical revival is that people get saved. People find Jesus. They find God, just like you found God, right? So here's what I I literally saw on, I don't know if it was a Sunday morning, it was during the week, I saw people lined up, and as you can see there, the, the, the cartoon animation, because it hasn't happened yet. But I believe it's going to happen because God gave it to me, and I believe that we're all together in mission. Envision, right? So I saw people literally standing on the outside of this grass area, right out here. I saw all these people standing for hours, waiting to get baptized, waiting to commit their life to Jesus Christ, because we have this wonderful baptistry right there in the middle of our campus. We wanted that to be the centerpiece of what we do. It's about people finding God. It's about people making their commitment to Jesus Christ. It's about people becoming a disciple for him, a follower of Jesus. And I saw all these people standing outside waiting. And not when is this going to happen, but what I just, in my spirit, I felt people were happy. They were joyful. They would stand for hours and wait to give their life to Jesus Christ. I saw that. Question is, how do we get there? It's a team effort. It's something we do together. In your world, in my world, there are people that are lost, just like we were lost. Hey, the minute I figured, I've got all this figured out, the minute that I think I'm in a place where, you know, uh, that's them, and how come the world is living that way, and how come these people are saying this, and I can't believe they leave, believe, don't believe the Bible, and these people believe in this religion and this lifestyle and all. The, the moment I start poking my finger at everybody else and I forget about where I came from is the moment that I'm doomed. There is no us and them. We were all lost and now we're found because of Jesus Christ. And so people, the division is, I've got to, God, give me something for my life. I am not saying to visualize something that you've made up and then God will do it. That's not what I'm, that's new age stuff. I'm talking about God giving us something. God, and and you have full freedom to do it however and whenever you want to do it. The second thing that happened to me a few years later was I was at City Hall at 12 o'clock on Thursday. I was praying with a group of pastors right at the centerpiece of where City Hall is. And we had humbly gone to the, wanted to be humble, and we went to the mayor and asked, would it be okay just for a half hour if we just quietly pray here at City Hall for our city, for the churches, for all Christians in our city to have this, this upheaval for Jesus Christ in a good way. And at the time, it was Mayor Kelly, and she said, absolutely, of course you can. 
So we just started meeting for a half hour every Thursday. We just, God, I remember how we were praying. We grabbed hands on some of those Thursdays. and we, Lord, do something in our midst. Lord, we don't know how to do this. We need your help. We want to see Mission Viejo and Lake Forest and Portola Hills and all these areas. We want to see the city be so captivated by God that our economy goes through the roof, that people are loving one another, the crime rate drops and alcoholism and all these things that plague our cities all of a sudden get better. And other cities and companies and families from other parts of the region start going, what's happening in South County? God. God has done this. That's what we've been asking for. I was walking from the prayer meeting to my car on one Thursday. I looked back and I saw all these people standing in the parking lot at Missionville City Hall. And I said, Lord, what is that? He didn't speak audibly, but it was just, you know, when God speaks to you, it doesn't happen like this every day. He speaks to you in your heart. He said, that's National Day of Prayer. And he said this, I want my people, my people to pray. So we went into the city manager, and I scheduled a meeting with them, and I said, would it be okay if we, on the National Day of Prayer, because President Reagan years ago said, the National Day of Prayer, you can pray wherever to whoever you want. So who should be the people that are gathering the most and praying on National Day of Prayer? Christians, right? So I went in, and I asked, I said, could we have a prayer meeting here in the parking lot? Nothing big. We just want, for an hour, we're just asking, everyone's welcome, but we're asking for all the Bible churches in our city just to come and pray. Baptists, Methodists, Presbyterians hanging out with Charismatics. Isn't that great? Everybody's hanging together for one goal. We're just going to pray and ask God to come to our city. He went, he leaned back, crossed his arms in the back, and I was waiting to hear, you know, no, we can't do that. We have to have regulations. We have to, da, 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 da put his hand back behind his head. He said, yeah, sure. What do you want? I said, well, since you asked, we maybe need some lighting, some chairs, maybe just a little platform because we're going to have some worship. And he goes, yeah, we'll have our staff set all that up for you guys. Now, before I start thinking, well, that's because we had such a good meeting because we said the right things because we strategized. It was only because of one thing, because we started praying. And there were intercessors that started praying before I even got there. It's not about me. It's not about us. Isn't that wonderful? God can do things. We can stand back and say, I don't know how that happened. Just God did it. Your neighborhood, where you live, people are lost in your neighborhood. And here's what, this is no high-pressured thing. This is no panic. This is no like, and I've got to rush home and knock on doors and say, do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? That's not going to help anybody. I, I, I point this out to say that God, I believe, has given you something for your neighborhood because there are people that God loves and he wants them in relationship. And so question is, what are we going to do about that? God, give me a vision for what you see for where I live in the apartment complex or where I go to school. Or anything. There is, we've got to be able to visualize what God sees. That's what God gave me. I'm asking all of us to stay on that vision track. Are you with me? All right, number two is this. It's not just enough to see it. We've got to internalize, internalize this. This is where it gets exciting for me. There's got to be a burning in your chest. There's got to be a burning in your heart for God. If there's not, I don't mean to chastise you. I'm not judging you. I'm not saying you're less than. I'm just saying get to your knees as fast as you can and say, God, put a burning in my soul for my life and for other people, family members, people that I love, people that I work with, people I'm at school with, neighborhood people. Lord, put a burning in my heart for what you, what you want, God. 
It has to, the vision has to come from God and then you internalize it in your spirit. It's not something that you just check off a box and say, yeah, we're in. Help me to own it, God. Paul says, woe to me, man, if I don't preach the gospel. I have to preach the gospel because Jesus has so changed my life. I can't, I, can't, I can't not say no to this. I can't stop sharing how wonderful you are, God. That's where I want us to be, to be able to internalize real love on mission. And thirdly is to strategize, to strategize. And what I mean by is we don't bring our wisdom to God. We bring our emptiness and gifts and things that he's given us, and we say, God, in the war room, give us a strategy to get there. Are, are, are you with me? It, it's, not, it's not just, well, God gave us this vision for, for, for starting a new company or, or, or starting a family. And here's the question. What am I doing to get to where I want to be? Now, if you're not a person that gets jazzed by that word, that's okay. What God wants you to do is put someone around you that can help you strategize with what God gave you. Does that make sense? You don't have to come up with everything yourself. God is, a, God is our pilot, man. We are just the co-pilot. And he's the one directing what he wants. And he's saying, if I gave you a vision and I put that in your heart, man, I'm going to give you somebody that's going to help you to get there. Right? And everything I'm talking about today, it starts in prayer. It's prayer. It's prayer. The church that doesn't pray is powerless. The church that doesn't pray doesn't experience God's power. We, we, need, we need power back in the church today, like in the book of Acts. We don't, we don't need more gimmicks. We don't need more how-tos. We need to get to our knees and pray and seek God. And God, what do you want, God, for the church? And then we're willing to strategize, God, with what you've given us. And number, number four is this, to initiate. To initiate. It, it, it doesn't do any good to just have these dreams and have these visions and say, Oh, this would be great if this happened, or I'd love to do this, or I think God is calling me to do this, and just sit. What do we do at Mission Christian Church? We, we, we sit. <laughs> but, but no, what do you do? We, we sit, and we listen. No, we're, we're getting up, and we're doing what God has initiated for us to do. In my life, I have, well, I have a few regrets, but I'm going to share two with you that my son, Jonathan, years ago, he said, Dad, do you have anything in your regret or in your life that you regret? I'm like, oh, why did you have to do that, Jonathan? Man, I'm supposed to be real. I'm supposed to be authentic. So I told him a few things, but I'll share two with you. I really regret because I love this country. My father served in the army. My grand, my uh, father-in-law was a marine for 30 years, lieutenant colonel. Man, my mother-in-law served in the Marine Corps. I wished right out of high school I would have served in the military. I just I just, darn, I wish I could go back. And I was, I, I was looking online, how can I turn back time? That, that, that back to the future thing? I could, could you, is there, there's got to be a way. Elon Musk, have you found a way to go back in time? There's got to be a way to time travel. Because if I could time travel, I would go back, I would go into the military. I would serve our country because I love our nation. I love, whenever I can do to just, yeah. So I was just, said, well, I'm too old to go into the military now, so I can't do that. But what could I do? And I felt like God was starting to open up some doors because I have a high, high respect for our first responders. Our, our firefighters, our police officers, law enforcement, they protect and they serve us and all that. So I just had this fleeting vision of, why don't you volunteer 
to help with our law enforcement, the OCSD. They need chaplains, so I signed up to be a chaplain. Now, if I just signed up and I just said, well, I signed up. What, what, what do you do as a chaplain? Well, I, I sit. <laughs> I have to go to class. I have to learn. Then this is the hardest part. I had to be interviewed. I thought I was becoming a cop. All the interviews I had to go through, but they have to be careful. They can't just let anybody around law enforcement. They, they, they poke you. They prod you. They look under every rock. They do MRIs. They do, they do everything because they got to know, is this, is this person legit to serve where they're most finest? My, my point is this. If I didn't go through the classes, if I didn't listen, if I wasn't willing to humble myself and then ask me the really ugly, scary questions that they did, I mean, I can't even mention them here, some of the questions they asked me, but I had to answer those questions honestly. How bad do I really believe God's giving me the vision? If God gave me the vision, he's going to give me the ability to initiate it. Well, I really want to fly. Really want to be a pilot. I can have those dreams, but if I don't sign up for the class, if I don't sign up for the school and take the training, and some of the best training I've heard for pilots is during turbulence, which leads to the next one. To see the vision become reality, man, we got to be willing to overcome. we got to be willing. Here's the key word. Willing to overcome. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to, first, I want you to stay here at Missionville Christian. Okay, if you're, if you're here, a part of us, don't, don't jump around, okay, please. Unless, unless God is like calling you to do that. And I realize that God sometimes does that. But for the most part, sometimes we say, well, God is really calling me somewhere else. And what you're really saying is, I don't want to deal with the tough issues that I don't like the way Pastor Mike dresses. I don't like the way he preaches. Or I don't like so-and-so pastor really hurt my feelings. Or they didn't do this. Or how come they colored the carpet that? How come they built this building over here? Why don't they do this with the parking lot? We start developing all these things because we're so critical because we live in South County and we evaluate everything, don't we? And the danger of that is, well, I'm just going to change churches. And God, just stay. Please stay. Unless God's calling you out, stay. And the reason I want you to stay is because there's something about staying in a situation where all of a sudden the sermons don't do anything for me anymore. Where's the wow factor? Yeah, worship's kind of dry now. Hard to know all these people. We got Vito. Yeah, we got the, the girls who sing on stage are really good, but I'm not wowed like I was when I first visited. I don't come to church because I'm wowed. I come to church because I'm part of the church. I, we are the church. And seeing the vision become reality is knowing that bad things will happen to you if you follow Jesus. I, I, I'm saying that when we say, yes, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, Come hell or high water, I'm following you, God. I'm not turning back ever. You have my heart, Jesus. You will learn to be an overcomer because you have a real enemy who's after your soul. He's after your marriage. He's after your single life. He's after your kids. He's after your success, your failures, everything. He wants to do everything he possibly can to discredit you. So you must, I must, we must, together as a church. I don't know what 23 holds. It always worries me a little bit when you hear Christian leaders and pastors say, God said on the third day of you know, January, we're gonna, God's going to do this. I don't know that. I don't know that. We could go through some really difficult times in 2023, but that doesn't change the mission, and it never changes his vision, ever. So I need to ask you, if there are some difficult times that we go through here at Missionville Christian, stay, 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 stay. In your family, if there are some difficulties, troubles, Jesus said, in this life you will have troubles, but take heart, I have overcome the world. 
Adversity is going to happen. 1 Peter 2, 21. Love this verse. Christ suffered for you that you should follow as an example in his steps. If Jesus suffered, we may have to go through some suffering. Family, church family, team, brothers and sisters, we've got to be willing to understand that difficult times will come, but we've got to hang in there together. Amen? And N stands for necessity. Necessity. Need to do this. Conviction to compulsion. Conviction. God, convict my heart. When I come to service every Sunday, I'm not coming just to punch the time card in. I'm not just coming to fulfill a purpose. I'm just coming to sit or just come. I'm coming, God, because I need you. I need to hear a word from you. I need something from you, God, so that I can fulfill the vision you've given me in my life, God, outside these walls. That's when Christianity becomes fun. Christianity is boring. If all I do is sit... Of course, that's none of you. You are all serving on team ministry, right? You're in a life group. You're, you're on point. You're on vision with what? Somebody say amen. We're all together here. I'm just talking to the people that are in the front row. But there's nobody there today, so everybody's scared. 2022, we had 238 people. 238, 238 people say, yes, I want to be a part of a life group at Mission Vale Christian. I'm so happy for that because that tells me in that context of community, we're following Jesus. We're becoming more like him with brothers and sisters. There are 20 life groups currently here at Mission Vale Christian, small groups. We want you to get into one of those because we want you to develop friendships and support and prayer groups. When there's a crisis in your life, who are you going to call at 2.30 in the morning? We want that to be family of course, we all have family, but if that doesn't work, we want church family, spiritual family for you. We have 60 kids regularly who are now attending Missionville Christian on a Sunday morning. We have 36 mission team members, mission kids team members. That means our children's ministry department, there are 36 people who are saying we're part of the team, we're serving, we're volunteering because we love God. 55 people are serving now on one of Pastor Robert's teams here at Michigan Christian on a Sunday morning to make Sunday morning happen. I'm, I'm so glad for that because six pastors can't run around and do everything. That's not what we're called to do. We want you to have the joy of serving. 18 student ministry team members in our junior high and high school and young adults. We have 18 people who have said, yes, I will be a big brother, big sister to one of our young people. The school that we so humbly have here to educate from preschool here on this campus, over 150 children here. We have a second campus just over the hill with over 520 children from first, I'm sorry, kindergarten all the way to eighth grade. We are so grateful that we have a school that we can teach children God loves you and teach the Bible and pray in school again. We're so grateful that for the season of time we have that. God is doing terrific things, great things. We have an after-school care program for children in the public schools who mom and dad both work, but they pick them up. We have a staff that picks them up from the public schools, brings them back to the campus to help them with homework and, and worship with them and teach them that God loves you. And the mom and dad pick them up at 6 p.m. There's over 60 children every week that are here learning about Jesus and getting to know God. And here's the question. Where are those kids going to go? They're going to go home and talk to mom and dad about what they experienced. We've had families who've given their life to Jesus because their child comes to know God. Here's what I want to see happen in just a broad brush overview for the new coming year. And this is not, this is not what like Pastor Mike wants. I, I believe this is all in, in my spirit that God gave. And I believe this is for all of us. Does that make sense? This is for us. This is our church. This is our team. This is our community. 
God, what do you want? Well, we know, 2 Peter 3, 9, God doesn't want anyone to perish but all to come to repentance. God wants every person to be saved. So we're on the same page together for that, right? I want to see 1,000 people consistently here on our campus at the end of the year next year. I want to see 1,000 people that are connected to you, people that you said, Pastor Mike, you're not going to believe this, but my sister-in-law, she came to church. She gave her life to Jesus Christ. She's saved. Like, that's so wonderful. Now we want to help her to be able to get into a place called Next Steps and then Life Group and then serving all those wonderful things we have for discipleship. I'm so excited because we are reaching people, but we want to continue to do that. This is not a message about, hey, we got to get our rear in gear. We got to get this thing. We got to make this thing happen. It's happening, but we want to continue to move forward. We want to press the, push the envelope. We want to keep moving, God, where you want us to grow in faith. We want to see 62 life groups, 62. That means 75% of you will be in a life group by the end of the year. We want to see 100 children here on campus on a Sunday morning, 100 children running around, being loud and, 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 and throwing things around on the grass and playing cornhole and just enjoying, wanting to come to church and bring their friend from from Little League and soccer and, and, and activities. We want to bring our friends to church with us. We want to see 100 junior high and high school students here on a Wednesday night. You agree with me. Our young people are in a free fall emotionally, all those things. Educationally, they're in a free fall the way our world is. And the only answer is Jesus Christ. And we want to reach more kids. Our Young at Heart ministry on Thursdays, we have retired ministry for those who have stepped into that season of life, 55 and older, we want to see 100 people here worshiping and loving God and finding community. Saddens my heart that some of our elderly people, they suffer from depression because they feel lost and they feel like nobody cares about them. We've got an entire community of Casadol Soul right here, Laguna Woods. We can't just push people aside and say, well, we don't like them. We don't want them. God loves them and God wants them. I love MVCC because we're multi-generational. We got kids, we got teens, we got young adults, we have young people with little kids, we have middle-aged people, and we have older people. How are the younger people going to know how to follow Jesus unless they see older people following Jesus? Saying, you know what, we've weathered the storms. We know what it's like to almost break up in our marriage. We know what it's like to have cancer. We know what it's like to lose a job and lose my house and lose everything. And we're still following Jesus. We're still on the solid rock. My generation, I need to see that. It's not magic. It's not just reading it in a textbook. I got to see it. At the bottom line of all this, I want to give you some action points and then we're done. Number one is this. I I really want to ask you sincerely, can you see this with me? I'm not asking you to see what what Pastor Mike wants. I'm asking you to see what God wants. Are are you with me? We've got to be together on this. And, And you've been gifted differently than I've been gifted. You can reach a world that I can't reach. And so we're all in this together. Number, number two is, I really want to ask you to write it down on the, 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 the sheet right in front of you or on your notes on your iPhone or wherever you are, iPad. I really want to ask you, isn't that what God told Habakkuk to do? I want you to write this thing down. Why did he say that? Because I want it to pass through the test of time. I want others to see it. And most importantly, Habakkuk, I want you to get it. If you write it down, you'll get it in your spirit. So real love on mission. Put it on your phone. Put it on your tag on your car. Put it, put it everywhere you see it. Maybe in the mirror. Real love on mission. God, today's going to be a great day because I'm living real love on mission for you, Jesus. Speak it out. Didn't he say that? Speak it out. And that means I'm always willing to share. This is what I'm struggling with. This is what I believe in. This is what truth is. Where, where are you? Where's your story? 
How can I help you? How can I serve you? See, the vision is not saying, real love on mission, real love on mission, real love on mission to everybody. He said, I want you just to live the way Jesus lived with everybody that you come in contact with. And the most effective way to speak it out is to live it out. That's the most effective way. The best compliment you can ever get is there's something different about you. There's peace. There's calm. Well, there's joy. You're, you're just like, on the inside, you're happy all the time. What? Well, it's because I went to the seminars. I went to the workshops. I had the best education. I read this book and this self-help book and Oprah Winfrey. And blah, 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 blah. Jesus is just changing my life, man. And I really have nothing to do with it. He's so great. I'd love for you to know him. And this is the last one. Run with it. I want you to run with this thing. In your world, this vision thing that God gave, yes, it's for us collectively, but I want you to run with this thing. Just one quick thing and then we're done. We, um, he's, he's, he gave his life to Jesus Christ uh, about nine days ago. Here's the cool thing about it. He didn't even know. He wasn't even looking. All he knew is his life was spinning out of control. His wife caught us one day here on the grass area, the court, the vision one where we see all these people standing, getting baptized, right? She caught us here and she started talking about she has such a heart for her husband to know God and things were crumbling and there's problems. And I just want my husband to know God because if my husband knows God, everything will be better with our marriage. And so we've just prayed, we just prayed, Lord, touch Pete's heart, touch him, Lord, open up his heart for the gospel. He's just like all of us, Lord. We don't have all the answers, but we know you. You're the way, the truth, and the life. So work in his life, God. Six days later, we got an email from this guy saying, my life is out of control. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I, I, I'm ending my marriage. I don't know what, I'm, I, I don't know. Why am I here? Where am I going? Kind of a letter. I saw that thing sitting at a table at a reception with somebody. I'm like, wow, God, you just laid it right before us in our lap. You did that, God. And then there was initiation. We had to get involved. We had to make a, a point of contact and talking with him. And I'm just telling you, he got saved last Thursday. He's getting baptized today after second hour. And here's the wonderful thing about it. We had nothing to do with it. God did it because of prayer. Right? That's life change. I'm addicted to life change. One more, one more really quick. I got a friend named David who used to live in New York City, moved to California. His father was dying, so he went back. He's in his 50s. He went back to see his father. He had a real long relationship of like 25 years with a close uh, high school friend was he went back to his father to be with him on his deathbed. He did not contact his friend of 25 years because he just, you know when you're in a sense of loss, sometimes you just don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to deal, I don't want to say what's going, I just, I just don't want to see anybody. I just need to see my dad. I need to come back to California. Well, his friend found out that his father was passing, his father, David's father, and he got mad at David and cut off all relationship with him. Cut it all off. Relationship's over is what he said. Stay with me. David gets saved. Is here at Mission Vale Christian Church. I can talk about him because he's in second service. But he, he gets saved. He finds Jesus. His life has changed. He comes to men's Bible life group every Saturday morning. He's here on Sunday morning serving. He's, his life is changing. This guy's life is actually transformed. He goes back for Christmas to meet his, to see his mom, brings his entire family out there. God so quickens his heart. He says, I need to call my friend who I haven't seen in 25 years and heard from. He calls him up and has lunch with the guy. David, our guy, MVCC guy, apologizes to this guy for not contacting him. His friend starts weeping over his lunch meal with him and says, I am so glad you contacted me. Forgive me for not contacting you. Here's what I want to say about that. It's about life 
change. Real love on mission is about life change, and it comes in so many different ways. God's gifted you, he's gifted me, and we do this together. Amen? If you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, we can do that right now. I can think of no better time than now, the beginning of the year. You know what? I'm going to devote my heart, heart to God. I want to know that I'm saved. I want to know if something tragically happens to me, I want to know that I'm going to be in eternity with Jesus. So we'll help you do that right now as we close in prayer. Father, we give you our hearts. Forgive us, Lord, for all the things that we've done. And if this is you today, you can just pray in your heart right now along with me. God, I thank you for dying on the cross. Thank you that you came back to life. I believe in your resurrection. I'm sorry for the things that I've made of my life, God, and I receive you now. I don't understand everything in the Bible, but I understand that, and I believe that you're real. In Jesus' name, amen. For these last few moments here in our service, we want you simply to be where Jesus is. So on the night before he was betrayed, you might remember in the upper room that Jesus washed the disciples' feet. He served them because he loved them. Now I want you to go and do likewise to others. This time of remembering him There are many different snapshots in that upper room scene. Whatever one fits for you this morning, I just want to ask you inside of the seat back in front of you, there's small emblems, and we just invite you, if you're a follower of Jesus, to take just a few moments as the worship team is playing for us to remember the cross, to remember the disciples and Jesus serving them, how he incredibly serves us. So, Father, we thank you for giving us an unhurried moment to just remember, to reflect, and also, God, to repent of things that might not be right with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for joining us at Mission Vale Christian Church. Just know that we always have live services here every Sunday at 9 and 11 a.m. We'd love to have you here, and we'll see you next time.